morning, everyone. If I haven't said good morning to you already, good morning again. Today, fitting, we're going to talk about death and resurrection. And I think it's important that uh, we tell the stories of the Bible over and over again, um, and we hear them again and again. And the more we do, the more we remember them, the deeper they go, and the more our faith grows. So I don't know how recently you've read the accounts of Jesus' death and resurrection, but to start today, I'm just going to um, uh, kind of walk us through that again, just to put it be put it before us, and then we'll um, kind of move on to what what that means for us. I forgot that I have slides today. Um, so Jesus, we all know, we just celebrated his birth not that long ago, but Jesus came to earth, um, and then, uh, I'm not going to go through all of that, but, um, when he was, the time came for him to be, um, crucified for us, uh, he was betrayed by one of his own disciples, by Judas, He was taken to the home of the high priest where he was questioned. Um, They were looking for false testimonies and anything that they could do to put Jesus to death. The priests and the elders spat on Jesus. They beat him. They mocked him. They put a blindfold on him and hit him and said, tell us who hit you. Prophesy. He was then taken to Pilate, the governor, where he was questioned again. Jesus was silent when the priests accused him. Pilate didn't find anything wrong with Jesus. He didn't find him guilty. In fact, he was a little nervous um, that maybe Jesus did come from God, and I don't think he really wanted to do, um, do much about it. But Pilate had him again. Uh, he was beaten. He was flogged. He was mocked. He was hit in the head with a staff by the soldiers. A crown of thorns. When I was growing up in my church, we um, had a crown of thorns that one of the pastors had made. And these are like these big, long, you know, grape thorns and stuff that really, I wish we had that. It like really gave you this visual of what it would have been for Jesus to have this crown of thorns on his head and pushed onto his head. Like, I don't even like to touch a, a rose thorn. It was pushed onto his head. He was stripped, and they put a purple robe on him to mock him as king of the Jews. The religious leaders stirred up the crowd, and, had, and the people demanded that Jesus be crucified, which was a torturous death on a cross where nails were driven through the hands and feet, and you hung on the cross until you died or they broke your legs or they ran you through and you died sooner. This was a death for criminals. And this is what they called for, for Jesus, the king of the Jews. They wanted Barabbas, a murderer, to be released instead of Jesus. And eventually, Pilate washes his hands of it all after he can't convince them for Jesus to be killed or to be not killed. And Pilate turns, the, turns Jesus over to them to be crucified. Jesus is laid down on the cross, and nails are driven into his hands and feet. He, the cross is lifted up. 
Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Because this had to be done for us. Pilate has a sign placed above Jesus' head that says, This is the king of the Jews. Two criminals were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And while Jesus hangs on the cross in all of this pain, he's unrecognizable as a man. He's so beat up. People pass by and they yell insults at him. They mock him. They shake their heads at him. Matthew twenty-seven forty-one to 43 says, uh, In the same way the chief priests and the scribes and the elders mocked him and said, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now, if he takes pleasure in him. For he said, I am the son of God. So while he hung there, they continued to mock him. Many of the women that followed Jesus, along with the Apostle John, um, were there with him, including Jesus' mother. I just can't even imagine Jesus' mother there. From noon until 3 p.m., darkness came over the whole land. And at about 3 p.m., Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Or why have you forsaken me? And he says, And Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. It is finished. And then he died. Suddenly, the curtain in the sanctuary at the temple was torn in two by God. This curtain separated God's presence from sinful man. So anybody that went into it that was not uh, prepared, wasn't the priest, could not come close to God's presence. And God tore this when Jesus died because now sinful man could come close to God. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The, um, The legs of the thieves on either side of Jesus were broken, but the legs of Jesus were not broken. The soldier did pierce his side, and blood and water flowed out. This was after Jesus had already died. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus buried Jesus in a new tomb, and a large stone was rolled across the entrance of the tomb. Soldiers were set to guard the tomb to make sure that Jesus' disciples didn't come and steal his body. So, uh, and say that he rose from the dead. Jesus had told his disciples that he would die and be raised back to life on the third day. And so on the third day, Mary Magdalene and some other women went to the tomb. The rock in front of the tomb had been rolled away. There had been a great earthquake, and an angel whose appearance was like lightning rolled the stone away. And the soldiers were so afraid that they fainted. The tomb was empty, and the angel said to Mary, You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He has risen just as he said he would. And in Luke and John's accounts of the gospel, uh, Mary goes and tells the disciples about the empty tomb. And Peter and John run to the tomb and see that it's empty. But then Jesus appears to Mary, and he told her to tell the other disciples that he was alive and ascending to the Father, and that they were to wait for him in Galilee. Jesus appears to his disciples several times. And then he breathes on them to receive the Holy Spirit. And he tells them to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them 
and teaching them to observe all that Jesus commanded them and reminded them that he would be with them always. Jesus then ascends up to heaven, and the disciples return to Jerusalem with great joy. So that is the account of uh, what some people called Passion of the Christ. So why is Jesus's? I'm sorry, hearing you. Why is Jesus's death, resurrection, and ascension important to us? We have all sinned. We have all rebelled against God. Romans three twenty three to twenty six. For all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. Jesus was the mercy seat. In the tabernacle, um, the sacrifices that were made under the old covenant, they couldn't take away sin. But on the day of atonement, the people's sins would be covered for one more year, even though they were never finally dealt with until Jesus came. And the only way that sin could finally be dealt with um, was Jesus dying on the cross in substitution. And at the mercy seat, um, the animals would be brought for sacrifice, and the priest would place his hand on the head of the animals, the animal, and um, the person would confess their sin with a true heart. His sins would be transferred to the animal that would then be sacrificed. And that's what Jesus did for us. He was that perfect lamb that God put his hand on his head and transferred our sins to him. And then he was sacrificed for us. He is our mercy seat. Isaiah 53, 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We've all rebelled against God. Ever since Adam and the first sin, which was rebellion against God, Mankind has rebelled against God. Humanity has rebelled against God. Sin brings death and its rebellion against God. Romans six twenty three: For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, we've all sinned. So Christ died on the cross for us. God forgives sin, but he can't leave the guilty unpunished. He can't condone sin. His holiness does not allow him to be in the presence of sin. God's solution to reconcile us to himself, to bring us into relationship and oneness with him, was for Jesus to take all of sin onto himself. Jesus became our sin. This is what happened while Jesus hung on the cross. He became our sin for us. Before we even knew him, he did this for us. 
Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus, the pure spotless lamb, became our rebellion. This is why he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he became sin, and this separated him from God. God cannot be one with sin. Jesus turned God's wrath from us, and he took it on himself. And we can do nothing to earn God's mercy. We will never do enough good things to earn forgiveness. Jesus swapped with us. He became sin so that we could have his righteousness. Romans 8, 1-2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. We have been crucified with Christ. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's such a mystery. Like, it's hard to even grasp and understand um, what all this means. But we've been crucified with Christ, and he now lives in me, and all of you, and all of us. Colossians 1, 13-14. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Christ Jesus is living his life here on earth through us. We are his body. We are his hands and feet um, to the people that he loves here on earth. And as he's reconciled us to himself, we are to help reconcile others to him. So just as we've now we've learned that we've died with Christ, the miracle that that is, we've also been buried with Christ. And this is baptism. Romans 6, 3 to 5. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead... Through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. So in baptism, so we've, we've died with Christ to our sins on the cross. He became our sins. In baptism, we are buried with Christ when we go into the water, and we are raised to new life when we come out. So that's just that symbolic um, gesture. So we have been resurrected to new life. Um, We are born again. This time we're born of the Spirit. 
So the first time we were born of the flesh, we were born from our mothers. This time we were born of the spirit. We are a new creation in Christ. Our old self is dead, and it is now Christ that lives in us. Again, a mystery, but it's true. 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 3-4a. to 4a. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Jesus is the firstborn. Colossians 1.18 And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So Jesus, um, Jesus is our head. The church is his body. Um, he is the firstborn from the dead. And I hadn't really thought about it, but I was listening to Derek Prince teach on this, and he was saying how, um, you know, when, uh, when a baby is born, the head comes out first, and then the body. And uh, at least that's the way it should be. And, um, and the, Jesus, as our head, he came out first. He was raised from the dead first. And then we as the body follow after him, and we are raised from the dead into new life. Um, Romans 6, 8 to 11. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So we are dead to sin, and we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. So we talked about um, our death, our burial, our resurrection, and then the ascension. So Jesus, he ascended into heaven, and he went to the Father. He seated with the Father in heaven, and so are we, because we're ascended with him, because we're one with him now. Ephesians 2, 6-7. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So God raised us up with Jesus. He sat us with him in the heavenly realms and... Um, we're alive with Christ, we're one with him, and that's where we are. That's where we're seated. Our bodies are here right now, uh, but our spirits are sitting with the Father, with Jesus in heaven right now. We have access to the Father anytime. Just as Jesus is one with the Father, we are one with Jesus. Colossians 3, 1-4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When Christ returns, we will appear in all our glory. 
with him. We're seated with him. We're raised up with him. We just have to remember this. (laughs) And this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been teaching about. This went a little bit quicker than I was thinking today. That's okay. We still have communion. There's a lot more to say on this, but I'm not going to say uh, too much more today. Because this lines up right up with our series on the Holy Spirit and teaching about the Holy Spirit, God's presence living in us and how we live out this uh, walk with Jesus and being one with him. If uh, Brent, could you tell the classroom teachers that we're going to do communion soon if they want to come back in? So, <clears throat> one moment. So in light of all this that we talked about, and thinking about Jesus' resurrection today, what do we do now? We give God praise and thanks every day, as often as we can think of it. Luke 9, uh, verse 23. Then he, this is Jesus, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. We need to deny ourselves daily. We need to remind ourselves daily that we are crucified, buried, risen, and ascended with Christ. We need to spend time with God, have conversations with him, listen to him, spend time reading, thinking, and chewing on the scriptures. Read Romans chapter 6, 1 to 14, and it sums up really well all of this uh, that we were talking about today in uh, death and burial and resurrection. And if anyone is interested, in the back, I put a few packets of just like all the verses that I was working through as I did this sermon. So if you're interested in taking them home to kind of look over verses more, I have some back there. And if they run out, let me know and I'll make more copies. Um, but that would be a good way to take those and uh, read and chew on those scriptures about who you are. Do what the scriptures say. That's a big thing. Do what the scriptures say. Love God and love people. Be a servant to all, just as Jesus did. So um, Jonathan's going to come up. We're going to do our final song. And during that time, you can um, come up to either side to take the elements for communion. Um, I'm not, we're going to do a little bit different today. I'm not going to um, walk us through taking communion at the same, the elements at the same time together. So just take it back to your seat. Reflect on uh, and thank the Lord for what he's done for you and just however you want to communicate with God. And then when you're ready, you can go ahead and take your bread and juice um, when you're ready. When the the song is done, um, you are dismissed. And uh, if anybody is in need of prayer during communion time or, or after that, when just the overhead music comes on, I'll be up front and feel free to come up and I'd be happy to pray with you as well. Um, Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this miracle. We thank you that you loved us so much that you wanted us to be in relationship with you. That before the earth was formed, you had a plan to bring us into relationship with you. 
and that plan was Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for being so faithful. We thank you for all that you went through. We thank you that you took our sin and rebellion on you, that you became our sin, our ugly sin and rebellion. We thank you that you identify with us and we identify with you. We thank you that we died with you, that we were buried with you, that we are risen with you, and that we ascended to heaven with you. Show us more and more, Lord. Give us greater revelation of what that means to be seated in heaven with you and how we walk that out here on earth as your ambassadors, as your representatives, as your family here, as your body here. Bring your healing to us. Bring freedom to those areas of bondage in our life, those areas of sin that we keep doing over and over, Lord. Bring your freedom. Bring people to walk alongside us to help us. We thank you for your light. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy that abounds forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.